Okay, welcome everyone. We want to welcome all of our Torah Anytime viewers. We're happy all of you braved the elements um, and came out to learn as strong as the hurricane was. Uh, our desire to learn was even uh, stronger. So Baruch Hashem, we're all here. And um, let us begin with the following question. The Gemara tells us in Masechta Yivamos that even though we all know how important it is to tell the truth, right? The truth, nothing, the absolute truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Nevertheless, the Gemara tells us in Masechta Yivamos, Amar Rabbi Ilam, Yishum Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Mutter Loi Adam Lashanois, Bidvar HaShalem. Even though it's very important always to speak the truth, there are certain instances that it is permitted, Lashanois, to change, to deviate from the truth. What's the proof? The proof? Shanemar, Avicha, Siva, Lifnei Moisai, Leymar, Kaisaimru, Liyosef, Ana, Sana. What happened? Yaakov Avinu passes away. And the brothers are afraid that Yosef still bears resentment against them. And the brothers are afraid that Yosef may plan to kill them. So, the brothers, the Shvatim, concoct what we call a Baba Maisa, right? They make up a story. They come to Yosef and they say, Yosef, we want you to know that our father's dying words were that he told us to tell you that you should forgive us. That's what the Shvatim made up a Baba Maisa. They made up a story. They come to Yosef and they say, Yosef, we want you to know that as our father's soul was leaving him, he told us to let you know that you need to forgive us. Now, did Yaakov Avinu say anything of the sort? No. Because Yaakov Avinu did not suspect that Yosef would take revenge against the brothers. But nevertheless, in order to preserve the peace, in order to keep harmony, the brothers made up a Baba Maisa. Says the Gemara, what do you see from here? You see from here that for the sake of peace, it's permitted to lie. Okay. The Gemara continues. Rav Nasan Oimer. Rav says, no. It's not permitted to lie for the sake of peace. You're obligated to lie for the sake of peace. You're obligated to lie. Why? How do I know? Shenemar. Vayoimer Shmuel. Eich Eilech. V'sham HaShal V'haraguni. Hashem comes to Shmuel. And he says, Shmuel, you know, Shol HaMelech, He's fired. You need to appoint a new king. So go down to Yishai and appoint Yishai, one of Yishai's sons, as the next king. So Shmuel says, if Shaul catches me, he's going to kill me. So Hashem says, no problem. Just make up another, make up a story. Tell, you know, you tell, tell Shmuel, tell Shaul that you're not going to appoint a king. If he asks you, where are you going? Tell him you're going to bring karbanas. You're going to bring sacrifices. This way, he'll never suspect you're doing anything and you'll be able to, you'll be able to anoint David HaMelech. Says the Gemara, this is a proof. Not only is it permitted to lie for the sake of peace, you're obligated. It's a mitzvah to lie for the sake of peace. Because if God is telling Shmuel he should lie, this is not just a dvarish. This is not something that you're allowed to do. This is something you need to do. And finally, the Gemara tells us, the Bey Rabbi Shmuel, Tana, God al Hashalem. Peace is so great. She'af HaKadosh Baruch Hu that even God Himself lied, so to speak, for the sake of peace. Why? Because remember, when Sarah found out she was going to have a child, so what did she say? I'm going to have a child. You know, my husband can't even drive a car anymore, right? He's practically, you know, he's a senior citizen on the, right? He's getting senior citizen discounts. He barely could see, you know, he can't hear a word. I'm saying he's an old man and he's going to have a child? Nah, come on. Sarah left. She thought Abraham was too old to have a child. 
But when the Rebbeinu comes to Avraham, and he says, Avraham, right? He criticizes Sarah. What does Hashem tell Sarah, tell Avraham? He says, Avraham, Sarah laughed and said, she's too old to have a child. That's not what she said. She said Avraham was too old to have a, a child. Now, if Avraham, just imagine, if Avraham would just hear that, her, that his wife said, he's too old to have a child, who knows what he would do to her, right? He would not let her go shopping in the mall that, that day, right? Avraham would take, would ground her son, would lock her up in the closet. If Avraham would find out that Sarah criticized him, that he's too old to have a child, who knows what he would do? So Avraham, what did the Rabbani Shalom do? The Rabbani Shalom comes to Avraham and he says, Sarah laughed and said, she's too old to have a child. So what do we see from here? She say, we see from here, right? We see from here it's that even God himself lied for the sake of peace. Okay. So we have three very interesting proofs. One proof is from the story that the Shvatim made up when they came to Yosef. One proof is from what the Rebbani Shalom said to Shmuel that go tell Shaul that you're going to bring Karbanos, and the third proof is from Hashem. Now, let's understand this. We know you're not allowed to lie, right? Everybody knows, right? We're all clear on that. We all, we all agree lying is wrong, right? It's usher. We would probably all say it's usher midairaisa to, to lie. So why for the sake of peace are you allowed to lie, right? For the sake of peace, are you allowed to violate any isser in the Torah? Let's say, you know, your wife only likes when you wear a shirt that has shotness in it. And if you don't wear a shirt that has shotness in it, she's going to, you know, shepherd you and bother you and forget about the shalom bias. So you're allowed to wear shotness in your shirt to preserve the peace? Of course not. Let's say, you know, in order to preserve the peace in your house, you need to bring home, you know, egg and cheese from McDonald's. You know, bacon and cheese from McDonald's. You're allowed to do that to preserve the peace? You're not allowed to violate any isser in the Torah for, for peace. Now, people are very into shalom, peace. But if Shamshin Rafal Hirsch, you know, he used to sign his name. His signature was, Ho'emeth v'hashalom ehavu. Yeah? Truth and peace embrace. First comes truth, then comes peace. People get very nervous, you know. Uh, don't, don't make a fight. Don't make a fight. What do you mean, don't make a fight? Why not? It's not worth it. It's not, what do you mean? If it's a matter of halacha, we don't suspend halacha for the sake of peace. There's no isser that is suspended for the sake of peace. So why over someone when it comes to truth, right? You can even make the case, truth is the most fundamental idea in the Torah. After all, God's essential quality is truth. So all of a sudden, when it comes to truth, eh, Throw it in the garbage, you know. We'll bend the truth for the sake of peace. Why? Why is that? Okay. Let us direct our attention to a Gemara. I am sure that all of you are very familiar with the next Gemara. You probably all know it by heart, okay? Fill in the blank. Ketzad, Meraktim, Lefnei, Hakala. Come on, you can do better than that, right? Hakala, right? We all know that. How do we dance before the Kala? Rashi says, what do you say to the Kala? What do you say? What do you, what do you mean, what do you say? She's probably a nice kala. She's probably very beautiful. She probably has nice character. She's probably very pleasant. Yeah, but what do you do if she's not beautiful? What if you do if she's ugly? She's annoying. And she's bad. What do you say then? But when she sleeps, she doesn't snore. That's her only good quality. What do you do then? Right? The only thing, the only good quality about this kala is when she sleeps, she doesn't snore. So Beishamai says, you say it as it is. 
You go to the chasna and you dance. You say, Ketza, right? You start clapping. Wow, what a great girl. She doesn't snore when she sleeps. That's what you say. What are you going to do? You're going to make up a story that she's a good cook? It's not true. What are you going to do? You can make up a story that she's pleasant? It's not true. Beishama says, you can't lie. You got to say, whatever good, if you could find one good quality. By the way, it's the same thing with the chassan. I'm not picking on the, the women, you know. If the only good quality the guy has is that he covers the toothpaste, that's what you have to say at the chassan. The tamich hachamim go up to the kala and they say, we want you to know you really, you know, you hit it big. This guy, he'll never forget to put the cap on the toothpaste. Right? That's what you have. That's according to Beishamai. You got to say it as it is. You got to say it as it is. Aye, but if you go to a kala and you say, yeah, she doesn't snore when she sleeps, everyone's going to know she's lousy and everything else. Doesn't matter. You know how to lie. Beis Hillel Oymrim, Beis Hillel said, no, no. Kala, noa, bachasuda. It doesn't matter. You think she could be ugly like a witch. You say she's beautiful and pleasant, right? The guy could be, right, a monster. He could be a beast. You know what you tell the kala? He's handsome and charming. That's it. That's the opinion of Beis Hillel. You lie. You make up a Baba Maisa and you say, Kale Noeva Chasuda, Chasa Noeva Chasuda. So Beishamai says to Beishilel, Beishamai says, What's going to happen if the Kala is a cripple? She's a hunchback? She's blind? What are you going to say then? She's beautiful? But the Torah says, Midvar Sheker Tirchak, you're not going to lie. So Beishilel said, No, no, no. What's the halacha if a guy buys a tie? You know, and he says, how do you like my tie? And you basically, you are so, you are so disgusted by this guy's taste in ties, you can't even look at it. What are you supposed to tell the guy? The halacha is you're required to say, wow, you really look sharp in that tie. That's the halacha. The, right? the Gemara says that if somebody buys something, you must praise it. You're required to lie and to say, wow, you really got a mitziah. What you, meant, what you mean to say is you must have found that in the garbage can. But were you supposed to say you really got a metziah? Right? So Beis Hillel says, Beishayim, no, no. The same way if a guy bought a tie that you don't like, you have to praise it. If the guy got a wife that you think you know, is really in bad taste, you got to praise her. But Beishayim disagrees. We paskin like Beis Hillel. And by the way, this is very important. People go to a chasana, yeah? They dance. They sing. They make the chasen happy. They forgot to do the most important mitzvah. The most important thing to do at a chasna is to go over to the chasan and tell him what a wonderful kala he got. That's the main mitzvah of a chasana. It's amazing. What? Think of something. Think of something. You say it's a wonderful family. Oh, you saw the mishpacha. They look so nice. They look so kind. You could have 400 people at a chasana. And you're lucky if you have three people who are Makayim, the mitzvah of Simchas Chasen. The, the main mitzvah is Ketzad Merak. And Rashi says, What do you say? What do you say? You got to say something. Yeah? People are embarrassed to compliment. They think, you know, if they say a nice word about the Chasen Rakalah, somehow it costs them money. Somehow, like, someone's going to send them a bill. It doesn't cost anything. That's the main mitzvah. Okay. So we paskin like Beis Hillel, Halach even though the Chasen is ugly like a beast, he's a behemagasa, right? He's mean, he's obnoxious, he's ugly, he's cruel, he's a... Nevertheless, you know what you tell the kala? Well, how did you get Prince Charming? That's what you tell him. Right? That's a halachalamaisa. You lie. You lie. Both, both, both. 
So, here's the problem. The problem is, but you're lying. You're not allowed to lie. You're not allowed to lie. So says the Prisha. The Prisha says like this. Even though the girl, you don't really think she's that beautiful, or, right, by the way, also another important halacha, a man doesn't gaze at the kala. You know, this, you're not, you know, this is, the Gemara is not saying you should, you know, gaze at her, stare at her. That might not be, that may be another prohibition. But in any event, you're supposed to comment, kala noeva chasuda. Says the Prisha, but she's not noeva chasuda. You're not really lying, because you know what you mean to say? Not that she's beautiful in appearance, and not that she's, she's beautiful in some way. You're not really sure how yet. You just mean, however she's beautiful. Or as uh, Marshall explains, you know what I mean when I say she's beautiful? I think she's ugly. But you think she's beautiful, otherwise you wouldn't have married her. That's what we mean to say. In other words, you know, when, the, when you go over to the kala and you say, what a wonderful guy you got, you don't really mean you think he's a wonderful guy. You think he's a behemoth. But you, you're, you're saying to the kala, kala, you think he's wonderful. Otherwise, you never would have married him. So the Mepharshim explain that the only reason it's permitted to praise the chasana or the kala is because you're not really lying. Why are you not really lying? It's called a white lie. Really? You can't say a straight up lie. But what you mean to say is, she or he is wonderful because you think they're wonderful. So it's not a complete lie. I'm not, we're not saying it's the highest level of But again, the Mepharshim are explaining that when it comes to praising a chasen and a kala, you cannot say an outright lie. You need to say it in a way where it could mean she's beautiful to you or she's wonderful to you or he's handsome to you. Fine. The problem though is, if we're going to explain the Gemara and Ksubis of Kala Nova Chasuda, that's not an outright lie. It's only what we call a white lie. That's not what the Gemara Nivama said. I thought the Gemara Nivama said, for the sake of peace, you're allowed to make up a story. Right? The Gemara says, what did the brothers go and tell, the Shvat, uh, go and tell Yosef? The brothers come to Yosef and they say, your father commanded us before he died that you should forgive us. Is that a white lie? That's a complete Baba Maisa. Right? Shmuel, Hashem tells Shmuel, go tell Shaul that you're going to bring Karbanais. That's not a white lie. That's outright Sheker. Sheker v'chazav. It's a complete fabrication. And the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, when he comes to Abraham, he says, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, she's too old to have children? That's not a white lie. That's a complete fabrication. Sarah did not say she's too old. Sarah said... Avraham was too old. So why are the Mepharshim explaining that Kale Noah v'chasuda is not a complete lie? As if to say that if it was a complete lie, it would not be permitted to say? What do you mean? We have an explicit Gemara in Yevamais that says that you're allowed to lie whatever is necessary for the sake of peace. Okay, so we're going to analyze two approaches to this question. Again, to summarize, the Gemara in Yuvamo seems to say you could lie straight out for the sake of peace. Why then, for Kala Navachasuda, are we forced to say that it's not a complete lie, it's only a white lie? Why is it, what's wrong with a complete lie for the sake of peace? So the first answer we're going to look at is from the Sefer Biurim Biyunim, from Rabbi Binyamin Luban, who is a Rosh Shiva in Florida, and the author of Chidushe Halev. And he says the following. <coughs> Not all peace is the same. There's avoiding machlaikas, 
and there's promoting Avaviyachva. That means like this. What would have happened had the brothers not come to Yosef and said, our father commanded you before he died that you should forgive us? What would have happened? There would have been animosity and fighting between Yosef and the brothers. What would have happened if Shaul would think Shmuel is going to appoint a new king? There would be animosity between Shmuel and Shaul. What would have happened if God would have told Avraham that Sarah laughed and said, you're too old? There would have been machloikes. For machloikes, you're allowed to lie straight out. No white lies you can make up above a Misa. Right? If it's to avoid fights, you can make up a lie. But, what's going to happen if you go to a chasana and you don't tell the chasan what a wonderful kala he has? Oh, they're going to start fighting with each other? They're not going to fight with each other. Nothing's going to happen. By you telling this Baba Maisa, it's going to increase the harmony. Oh, you're not avoiding a fight. You're just increasing the peace. To increase the peace, then you're only allowed to tell a white lie. You're now to fabricate a story. That's the answer the Biurim, the Yunim would like to suggest. Okay, you got it? You don't like it. Right? So again, he's saying, to avoid machlekes, you can make up a complete Baba Maisa. You can, make, you can fabricate a story. To in, right? To increase the peace, only a white lie. I think you could say a much better answer, and that is that it's not a question to begin with. Because all the cases in Masech Yavamos about the three lies the Gemara tells us about, they are not complete lies. They're not complete lies. Let's talk about the brothers, they come to Yosef. Look carefully in number eight. We have the Psukim in front of us. Bayitzavu el Yosef, Lamar, Avichat, Sivalafne Moisai, Lamar. They commanded Yosef, your father commanded before he died, saying, so shall be said to Yosef. Says the Arach Laner, these are two separate Psukim. You know how you read the Pasuk? Pasuk number one is, Bayitzavu el Yosef, Lamar. They commanded Yosef the following, Avichat, Sivalafne Moisai, Lamar. Your father commanded before he died, saying, What did he say? Whatever, whatever, whatever he said, that is what, that's what he said. And then the next Pasuk is, This is what you should say to Yosef. Now that's not what, necessarily, what Yaakov Avinu told the brothers to tell Yosef. That could just mean, what the brothers are choosing to be told to Yosef. In other words, these are two separate psukim. Pasuk number one is, this is what Yaakov Avinu commanded that Yosef should hear. And Pasuk Yudzayin is what the brothers have chosen to tell Yosef. Now, if you read the Psukim straight, you'll be misled to think that this is all what Yaakov Avinu commanded Yosef, commanded the brothers to tell Yosef. Yeah, that's if you read the, the Psukim straight. But if you want to be about, if you want to read the Psukim like about Korei with punctuation, then you read it like this. By Yitzavo Yosef Lemar, this they commanded Yosef saying, Your father commanded the following. Fine. What did he command? Whatever he commanded. And then the Pasuk goes on to say a different thing. Something else that the brothers have concocted to send to Yosef, which is not necessarily in the name of Yaakov Avinu. In other words, the Archoner points out, now listen to this, when the Gemara in Yavama says, Mutter l'shanois mevnei ha-shalom, the Gemara doesn't say Mutter l'shaker, the Gemara doesn't say you're allowed to lie, the Gemara says Mutter l'shanois. You know what l'shanois means? 
You're allowed to deviate. You're allowed to change. You don't have to be straight. But it doesn't say you're allowed to lie outright. And therefore, says the the story that the brothers concocted was not an outright, outright lie. You know why? Because they didn't necessarily mean to say, this is what Yaakov Avinu is telling you. They were saying, this is what we're telling you to do. You forgive us. We're sending you a message that you should forgive us. Aye, but it sounds like it's in the name of Yaakov Avinu. Yeah, it sounds like that. But if you read the psukim with correct um, punctuation, you can read it that this is not necessarily the message of Yaakov Avinu. What do you do then with the proof from Shmuel? Now listen carefully. Shmuel is going to anoint a new king. So Shmuel says, oh, what am I going to do? If Shaul catches me, he's going to be very angry at me. So Hashem says to Shmuel, tell Shaul you're bringing karbanos. Says the Masha, that's not a lie. Because he did bring karbanos. He brought karbanos. So it's not a lie at all. Shmuel, after going to Yishai and saying, I need a new king, he brought karbanos. So what would, what would be wrong if when Shaul asked Shmuel, where are you going? Shmuel would have said, I'm going to bring karbanos. Right? It's not completely honest, right? Imagine if somebody would come here tonight, he would stop in, grab a burger, and then go bowling. Right? So, um, you know, when you come home, your wife asks you, where did you go? I went to learn. Right? Is that a lie? Well, you did come to learn, just you left before it started, right? So technically speaking, it's not an outright lie. Or let's say somebody ate the burger and was out cold for 45 minutes, right? So, and your wife said, hey, where'd you go? I went to learn. You did go to learn, you know, it might not have worked out exactly. So, says the Marsha, what, what Shmuel would tell Shaul was not an outright lie. He did go bring carbonus, but it's not the whole truth. So therefore, we could say, the Gemara Nivamas is not saying you could say an outright lie. No, the Gemara, the Gemara is just saying, for the sake of peace, you could be Mishana. Meaning, you don't have to say the whole truth, right? When, you, when you're the witness, they say you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, right? So, this would be the truth, but not the whole truth. When you leave out important facts, you're telling the truth, but not the whole truth. And then finally, we come to Sarah. And this is very interesting. Take a look in Pasuk, look at number 11. Ba'titzchak Sarah Bekir Balema. Sarah laughed. Now this is very important. What did Sarah say? There are two ways of reading the Pasuk. One way of reading the Pasuk is, she said like this, After I was withered out, now I'm smooth again. In other words, Chazal tell us that even though Sarah was a very old lady, right, she was 90 years old, yeah, There was a woman in India last week, she had a baby over 90 years old. But that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, Sarah said like this, I don't have a problem with myself. I don't have a problem with myself. You know why? Because I saw yesterday I was all withered out. And now, I'm smooth. So now that I'm smooth, yeah? Now smooth, I understand that I can have a child. But my husband is too old. So if you read the Pasuk like that, so God comes to Abraham and He says, Abraham, Abraham, what's going on over here? Why did Sarah laugh and say, she's too old? That's a complete lie. Because she didn't laugh and say, she's too old. All she laughed and said was, that he's too old. Regarding her, she said, I understand how I could have a child. But you could read the Pasuk differently. 
you can read the Pasuk, Sarah laughed about two things. Listen to this. First she laughed, Question. After I'm worn out, I'm smooth again. So the first thing she laughed was, she's too old. And then she laughed and said, what? He's too old. So when God comes and tells Abraham, why did she laugh and say, she's too old? That's not a complete lie. Because she did laugh and say she's too old. Yeah? She just, Hashem just left out a detail. So leaving out a detail. What? Hashem knows what she's thinking. Yeah. So the question is, what was she thinking? How do you read the Pasuk? Hashem knows that. Yeah. So if you say, if you say that Sarah laughed that she's too old and he's too old, then God did not say an outright lie. God only said half the truth. So if God only said half the truth, again, you have no explicit proof that it's permitted to say a complete lie for the sake of peace. Yeah? Okay. So basically, Rabbi said, we have two ways of learning the Gemara. If the Gemara in Yavamis means you're allowed to tell a complete lie for the sake of peace, then why, when it comes to Kala Nova Chasuda, are you only allowed to tell a half a lie? So you have to say, Kala Nova Chasuda is only to add Shalom. To add Shalom, you can only tell a half a lie. But to avoid Machloikes, you can tell a complete lie. But, if you learn the Gemara like the Arach Laner, like the Arach Laner, that the Gemara never said that Shmuel is going to tell a complete lie, that the Shvatim said a complete lie, that the Rebbein Shalom said a complete lie, then you have no indication whatsoever it is ever permitted to lie absolutely, openly, for the sake of peace. Okay. We move on to another Gemara. The Gemara says like this. You find a watch, yeah? And, um, you know... Who does it belong to? Who does it belong to? So a guy comes to you, it's mine. So you say, it's yours? Give me a simon. He said, uh, it says three o'clock on it. No, sorry. He has no simon. So you, but he says, so I say, how do you know it's yours? I know it's mine. I could tell. I mean, you could tell. I could tell. It looks like my watch. So then the halacha is like this. If he's a Talmud Chacham who never lies about anything, you return it to him. But if it's a guy, if it's an average guy, you know, he's not always 100% honest, you're not allowed to return it to him without a sin. Says the Gemara, but there are three things a Talmud Chacham is allowed to lie about. What are the three things? The Gemara says in Bab Metziah, Chav Gimel is going on to Chav Ta'al The Gemara says, There are three things that Chachamim are allowed to lie about. Number one, B'meseches. B'meseches. Like somebody comes to you, Rabbi, did you ever learn Masechta Baba Metziah? So let's say you learned it. You're allowed to lie and say, no, no, I never learned it. <coughs> never learned it. Okay? Why? So take a look on your sheet. The Meseches, Rashi says, somebody comes to you and asks you, did you ever learn this Masechta? Then you're allowed to lie and say, no, I never learned it. It's humility. It's humility. By the way, Rabbi Obam once told me that a Rav shouldn't do this. Why? Because the Baal Batim are going to ask you, did you ever learn this Masechta? No. You ever learn Amazon? No. They're going to start, they're going to believe you. Right? It's not going to be good. <laughs> so, you know, they're a Rebbe in Yeshua, not a Rav of a Shul. Unless you really never learned it, then what are you going to do, you know? <laughs> so that's halacha. If somebody asks you, did you ever learn a masechta, you're allowed to lie and say no, it's humility. So Taisa says, wait a second. The Gemara says that if someone asks you a halachic question, 
you're supposed to answer immediately without batting an eyelash. So here the Gemara says, you're supposed to say, no, I never learned it. But you're supposed to answer people immediately. So Taisa says, no, that's not a question. If someone comes with a halachic question, what's the halacha in this case? You've got to tell them right away. But if they're just testing you how much you know, you know, let's uh, come. Let's see if this rabbi knows anything. And they ask, you ever learn this? So then you lie and you say you don't know. The next question is, Bipuria. Right? For the sake of keeping this um, uh, appropriate for all audiences, we're going to learn like the Marsha. The Marsha says, Bipuria means, you know, let's say they ask you, did you ever get drunk on Purim? Yeah? So you're not a big drinker. You can't really hold down your liquor, you know? But what are you going to do? You're going to tell them you didn't keep the halacha, so you're allowed to lie and say, yeah, 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 you drank even though you don't drink. Okay? That's how the marshal learns. And then the final thing is bo'ushbiza. You're allowed to lie about your host. Right? Somebody says, oh, I heard you just went over today. You know, you, you stayed over for Shabbos in the home of that big uh, wealthy guy, that gvir. How was it? And you know that if you tell, you know, people what a wonderful time you had, how much food he gave you, so all of a sudden, you know, the next day, all the people in the, you know, you know, in the uh, homeless shelter in, in, in New York City by Bloomberg, they're going to be in this guy's house you know, tomorrow, right? If the word gets out that this wealthy man you know, provides burgers every Wednesday night, then who knows how many people are going to come, right? So, that's what, so you're allowed to lie and say, nah, the food was terrible there. You know, there were bed bugs. And then, you know, I went to sleep at night. There were bats flying around in the room. You're allowed to make up a Baba Maisa to keep these riffraffs away. Okay? Good. And it's also Sheka. So we're going to deal with the fact that it's a lie. Okay? Today we're going to deal with the fact that it's a lie. So the problem is, it would seem that if somebody asks you, did you learn this Masechta? And you say, no. Is that a white lie? Or is that a complete lie? It's a complete lie, right? It's a complete lie. So if you're going to learn like the Aruch Laner, that you're never allowed to lie completely. So how do we understand this Gemara? How do we understand this Gemara? That you're allowed to lie and say, no, I never learned this Masechta. How do you understand the Gemara that says, yeah, yeah, I always drink on Purim. You always drink on Purim. You drink apple juice on Purim. That's all you drink. Right? That's a complete lie. Or somebody asks you, you know, how is this uh, get host? It was amazing. You're, you know, how could you lie straight out? According to the Aruch Laner, we have no precedent in Shas, you're allowed to, in, right? we have no precedent in the Chumash, you're allowed to lie straight out. And even according to the other way we learned, that for the sake of avoiding Machloikas, you're allowed to lie straight out. In this Gemara, you're not avoiding any Machloikas, right? If somebody says, did you learn this Masechta? The guy who could care less, you did, you didn't, right? You know, it's not going to be avoiding any fights. What kind of Machloikas is there? And yet this Gemara seems to say, you're allowed to lie straight out for the sake of peace. Okay. So perhaps we can answer this Gemara in the following way. And that is like this. We should be able to prove from a different episode in this week's parasha that you're allowed to lie for the sake of peace. Why? Avraham comes to Sarah and Avraham says to Sarah, Sarah, why'd you laugh? And what does Sarah say? I didn't. What are you talking about? I never laughed. I never laughed. Avram confronts Sarah and he said, Why'd you laugh? And Sarah lied. She said, I didn't. 
That was a lie, right? That was an open lie. No. What would have happened if Sarah said, yes, I did? Yeah, it might have caused a fight. So for the sake of peace, Sarah lied. <coughs> so why can't we prove from there that you're allowed to lie for the sake of peace? What do we need to go to Hashem who lied to Abraham? What do we need to go to Shmuel who lied to Shal? What do we need to go to the Shvatim who lied to Yisrael? Let's prove from Sarah. Sarah told Abraham, no, I didn't laugh. Says the Arach Lener in a different piece. You know why that doesn't prove anything? Because there, her back was against the wall. Avraham confronted her. Avraham came to her and said, Did you lie? Sarah is not coming on her own. Yeah? Sarah's not coming on her own to offer a lie. Avraham's confronting her. And by her saying, No, I didn't. She's called, it's called, she's being misnatzel. She's excusing herself. She's wiggling out of a situation. So all you could prove is you're allowed to wiggle out of a situation to lie. But we don't see anything that you're allowed to offer a lie to create peace or to avoid machlekes. So what do we see from this answer of the Aruch That there is more dispensation, there is more of a heter, there is more leniency to lie in a situation where you're confronted where you put on the spot, where you're not offering the lie, where the person comes to you, he says, you know, he, he rings you by the neck, what do you say about this? Oh, uh, you know, in that situation, we have an absolute source that you're allowed to lie. So perhaps we could say, then the Gemara above Metziah, does the Gemara say that a Tamil Chacham could get up at the Siyam Hashas and say, I want everyone to know that I never learned a blot of Gemara in my life. Gemara doesn't say you could do that. Does, does the Gemara say you could get up and show and say, I want everyone to know I never learned Masech above Metziah? No. The Gemara says, if someone comes to you, by the way, sir, did you ever learn Masech above Metziah? Oh, you're coming to me and you're putting me up against the wall? Yeah. In that case, you're allowed to say a complete lie. If somebody comes to you, sir, did you ever drink on Purim? Uh, you know, what am I supposed to do? You cornered me in. You're putting me in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, I could lie. If somebody comes to you, how is your host? You know how to go around making an announcement the host was lousy. But if someone's cornering you, you know, you're allowed to wiggle out of that. To wiggle out of a situation, you're allowed to lie completely. But to go on the offense, to go to Yosef and make up a story that your father commanded before he died, you should forgive us. No. You can only say a white lie. Or, for Shmuel to go over to Shaul and say, Shaul, I want you to know tomorrow I have a scheduled carbon to bring. You can't do that. But if Shaul would corner him in and say, what are you doing? Ah, once you're cornered in, then you could say it, right? Then it would be permitted to say a complete lie. But otherwise, only a white lie. Okay, so this is a possible explanation why the Gemara in Bav Metziah says you're allowed to lie straight out because your back is against the wall. The problem is the following. Okay? Halacha Lamaisa, there's a very interesting psaq from Rosh Hashanah Orbach. Yeah? You know, um, somebody comes over to you and he says, you know, Rabbi, did you ever hear what the Meshech Chachma says on the Pasuk Vatitzchak Sarah? And you heard it 5,000 times. But if you tell the guy you heard it 5,000 times, ah, oh, I really wanted to tell it to you. So are you allowed to lie to someone and say, did you ever hear what, you know, did you hear what they said at, you know, what, what Rav Chaim Kinevsky said? And you already heard it 50,000 times. You know, you've been hearing it since you're two years old, what he said. But you want to make the guy happy. Are you allowed to lie and say, no, I never heard. And then I say, wow, that's amazing. Thank you for telling me. Are you allowed to lie? 
says the Shalom Azalman Orbach, yes, you are allowed to lie. If somebody comes to you and he wants to tell you a Dvar piece of news, right, imagine, did you hear what happened in New York City? There was this hurricane, Sandy. Really? Wow. Thanks for telling me, right? Rav Shalman Zalman Orbach says, you're allowed to lie to somebody. You're allowed to lie. Make the guy feel good as if he's telling you a piece of information, right? Or another psak, he says. Somebody comes to you, you know, you're driving down the street and you see a guy waiting by the bus stop and, you know, you think you're going to drive him a few blocks down and uh, he says, oh, by the way, I need a ride to, uh, to uh, Union Turpac. I need a ride to Queens Boulevard. Now, you weren't going to Queens Boulevard, but why not? You'll do the guy a favor. But he said, no, 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 I don't want to take you out of your way. Only if you were going there anyway. So are you allowed to lie to a guy and say, yeah, I was going there anyway to be able to do the mitzvah of chesed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shalom Azam says, you're allowed to lie to the guy and say, yeah, I was going there anyway. I'm going there anyway. Yeah, I have to go there for something. Shalom Azam says, you're allowed to lie to be mekayim, the mitzvah of chesed. So wait a second. Why should that be? You don't have the head there that you're avoiding machlaikas. Not going to be a fight. If you tell the guy, no, no, I'm not really going to Queens Boulevard. I'm going the other direction. Right? What's going to happen to you? He's going to punch you? You're not going to get into a fight. It's not, a, it's not an issue of avoiding machlaikas. And according to what we're saying, the guy's not cornering you. You're not wiggling out of an uncomfortable situation. And yet, Roshel Mazam and Orbach seems to paskin, Halacha you're allowed to lie straight out and say, yeah, I never heard what the Meshachachma says even though you yourself wrote down that Torah yesterday, right? So what's the reason? You don't have any of the Hatera we mentioned tonight, right? You're not avoiding machlokas. You're not being misnatzel. You're not excusing yourself. You're not, uh, you know, swiggling out of an uncomfortable situation. So it seems like the way Rav Shalmazam learns these Gemaras is that when the Gemara in Yavama says you're allowed to lie for the sake of peace, it's not just a white lie, it's an open lie. You could make up a Baba Maisa for the sake of peace. That's what Rosham Zalman Paskins. And that's Pshan the Gemara Bamatsiya. If somebody comes to a Tamachachim, did you learn this Masechta? Even though it's an absolute fabrication, you could lie and say, no, I never learned. And that is why Rosham Zalman Paskins, yeah, if somebody needs a ride, you could say, yeah, I'll take you. I was going there anyway. So what's the question, though? The question is, why by Kala and Noah do the Mepharshim have to explain, you're not really lying, because what you mean to say is, even though I think she's ugly, she's beautiful to you. What do you have to say that for? You're allowed to lie for the sake of peace. Why do the Mepharshim have to say that Kalinava Chasud is not really a lie, and if it would be a lie, you're allowed to lie? So, for this, I think there are two possible answers. Number one, what does Beishamai hold? Beishamik says you go to a chasana and you can't believe that this girl would marry a guy like this. So what are you going to tell her? So Beishamik says you can't lie. You have to tell the Kala I want you to know that you got the best shoots and ladders player in the whole world. <laughs> right? You should be very proud of yourself. This guy, right? What do you mean? But now she's going to fit. So Beishamik says either find something good to say or don't say anything. Beishamai says, you're not allowed to lie. Whoa, wait a second. Beishamai doesn't know the psaqar of Shalmazam and Orbach, that you're allowed to lie to someone and tell them you're going there anyway. Beishamai doesn't know the Gemara and Bab that a Tamachacham is allowed to lie and say that he never learned this Masechta. Beishamai doesn't know that even God lied for the sake of peace. So, so why does Beishamai say, you can't lie about a chasen or a kala? Says Taisus, 
Beishamai has a very good star. You know what the star Beishamai is? You're allowed to lie for peace. You can make up a story for peace. You can make up the most far-fetched story for peace. Now, just want to point out that you know you have to use this dispensation very carefully. Lying is considered a very fundamental crack in the Jewish soul. So you have to make sure that what you're, you know, if you need to lie to avoid a real machlekes, you have to make sure that this is the only way to go. But if it is the only way to go, it's permitted. It's permitted. So why does Beishami say, no, you can't praise a chasen and kala? Says Toysus, all Beishami means is like this. Ketzad meraktim lefnei hakala kale noe vachasuda. That's not just some like off-the-cuff comment. This is a nusach that Chazal are formulating that you, that every chasna you have to go over to the chasna and the khan, you have to say this. This is a officially formulated terminology. This is a nusach. Chazal are not going to right, formulate a nusach unless it's true. You want to go out on your own and say something you know, off the top of your head that's not true? Beishamai says you could do that. What Beishamai holds you can't do is that the Chazal, the Gemara, cannot formulate a halachic requirement that you have to say these words if those words are not true. Yeah, an individual could lie. An individual could make up a story. But Chazal are not going to make a takana that these words have to be used about a kala that it's not true. That's the opinion of Beishamai. You could lie about anything else. You, li- you don't like the guy's tie, don't tell him. Tell him, right? tell him it's wonderful. You don't like, you know, the guy bought a new car. You think he's nuts. Right? Who would buy a polka dot car? Right? Who would buy such a thing? Tell him, you know, it's really cool. Tell him you like it. Right? But Beishamai says, when it comes to a kala, Chazal are not going to enact, you specifically have to say certain words. So we could say like this. Beis Hillel agrees to that logic Somewhat. Beis Hillel says that even though when it comes to everything else, you're allowed to say a complete lie. But if it's officially licensed, if it's, if, if it's the Chachamim formulating a takon of what to say, says Beis Hillel, only a white lie, not a complete lie. If you're thinking of your own, if you're thinking on your own of how to avoid a machlekes, you could lie straight out. But the Chachamim are not going to be misakin. You know, you open up the siddur. What should you say at this chasana? Kalena v'chasuda. Says Beis Hillel, the only reason it's permitted for the chachamim to do that at a chasana is because it's not an absolute lie. It means you think she's beautiful. Or we could say one other svara for Beis Hillel. And that is like this. If somebody asks you, did you learn the mesechta? You could lie straight out. If somebody asks you, how is the host? You can lie straight out. They're coming to you. If you have a machlekes that you need to avoid and you're in a situation, so the situation forces you to lie. But Barachatana, you're the one going to the guy. Who asks you to say anything? Midvar Shekhar Terchak says, you need to distance yourself from falsehood. Yeah, but what can I do? The guy's coming to me and asking me, did I learn this Masechta? So I would like to distance myself from falsehood, but he's cornering me. So I've distanced myself, but it's coming after me. So in that case, you could lie openly. But in a case of a chasen v'kala, for you to go out of your way 
and comment on something, nobody asks you your opinion, right? When you walked into the wedding hall, did they ask you to write down, what do you think about the kala? Of course not. None of your business. So you want to go and make a comment, says Beis Hillel, the laws of MSA, it can't be a complete lie. Okay? These are some of the svaras involved in this sugya. Bottom line, bottom line is like this. Halacha at a chasana, we pass him like Beis Hillel, you have to tell the chasan, wonderful kala. You tell the kala, wonderful chasan. Even if it's not true, that's what you got to do. Halacha l'maysa, tamachacham, they ask you, you know this masachta? You say no. How is the host? Bad. Did you drink on Purim? If necessary, yes. That's halacha. Halacha l'maysa, if somebody asks you, did you hear this Tvar Even though you heard it a thousand times, you could say no. I never heard it. Somebody asks you, are you going in that direction anyway? You could say, I'm going in that direction. Okay. But here's the question. The question is, why? Why are you allowed to lie for the sake of peace? You're not allowed to violate any Isra and Atayra for the sake of peace. Why, when it comes to Sheker, are you allowed to lie? Where in the Torah does it say, you're not allowed to lie? Anybody know? Midvar Sheker Terchak. According to most Rishonim, Midvar Sheker Terchak is not talking about lying. It's talking about in court, swearing falsely or saying false testimony. It's not talking about the course of conversation. The Rambam does not count lying in the 613 mitzvahs. The Ramban does not count lying in the 613 mitzvahs. This Sefer Achinuch does not count lying in the 600. So where does it say you're not allowed to lie? Says the Chafetz Chaim in the Sfas Tamim. There's only one Pasuk. You have to walk in the ways of God. And God is in Kel MS. He's truth. He's absolute truth. So then it's very Pashat. Why are you allowed to lie for the sake of peace? Because if even the Rebani Shalom himself lies for the sake of peace, there's no independent Isser in the Torah of Sheker. The Isser is, we have to emulate our Creator, and our Creator is absolute truth, except when it comes to Shalom. So you want to say, well, how could, how could peace override truth? It's not overriding. It's not a Seydei Chalaisa. The reason you're not allowed to lie is you have to emulate God. And if in this situation, God Himself is Mishan Elamana Shalom, like we see from Abraham and Sarah, that even though Sarah laughed and said, He's too old, God says to Sarah, to Abraham, she said, She's too old. So we no longer have any source that in this situation, it's not permitted to lie. That's what we have at the end. According to the Sifri, the Sifri, Chafetz Chaim brings down the source in the Torah, you're not allowed to lie, is Laleches Bechal Duracha. You have to walk in the ways of Hashem. But we see what the ways of Hashem are. That when it comes to Shalom, it's permitted to be Mishana. So therefore, if this is the source, then for the sake of peace, like the Gemara says, Gadol HaShalom, peace is so great that even the Rebun Shalom changed to preserve the peace. Rabbi Isai, next Wednesday night, Shia resumes regular night.